Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. is airing on Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. Hello, everyone. It's Shannon back with you for another Tuesday morning episode. And today I have an interview to match our Friday episode. So if you're caught up with us here at Book Bistro, you know that on Friday we aired our witchy fiction episode. And one of the books that was discussed there was Witch of Wild Things by Raquel Vasquez Gilliland. So we have an interview with her that I am super excited to share with you. And I thought it would be perfect to air right after the witchy fiction episode. So here we are. And at the end of that interview, I will be back to talk about some new releases. So let's get started with the housekeeping information, and then we will get into the meat of the episode. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Book Bistro Podcast. There we have our usual Facebook page where we keep track of our Wednesday reads and also post information about the Friday episodes. We also have a Facebook listener group that you're welcome to join. And if you prefer a different type of listener group, you can contact us and ask about our WhatsApp group. Both groups are pretty small, not super high traffic, and we would love to have you. If you want to get in touch with us off of social media, you can do so by sending an email to thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for our main hosting page where you can find information on the podcatchers that make Book Bistro available to you, you can find that information in our show notes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro podcast. This is Shannon. And today I am here with author Raquel Vasquez Gilland, and we are talking about her novel, Witch of Wild Things. And this novel is currently out. You can go and get it as soon as you hear this interview, if you haven't gotten it already. Raquel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chat about the book and books. So... (laughs) It'll be fun. Yes. So can we start with a brief introduction to Witch of Wild Things in case people haven't had a chance to read the blurb or just, you know, haven't heard about it up until this point? Yeah. So so this book is about a young woman named Sage Flores who... Um, due to family trauma and I don't think it's like a spoiler to say the trauma um, she's trying to um, process and grieve the death of her youngest sister and it's kind of a situation where the whole family blames each other but inside they're blaming themselves for this death and um, and so she takes off runs away from this uh, trauma and then the book begins with her returning to her hometown 
because she's out of job, out of a job and out of money in order to save up and cut. And her plan is to kind of run away again. So she's facing um, all this grief, all the trauma all over again, like eight years later. And in addition to that, she's discovered that she is being forced to work with a man who broke her heart when they were teenagers. And he is like still really attractive. She's still super attracted to him. And, and so that's, you know, there's shenanigans. She also, she and her sisters also have inherited what they call a curse. It's like a, um, a power. Each one is different. And Sage's power is she can communicate with plants and like the plant world and the earth. And she feels that a deep connection to that. So um, so yeah, that I think that summarizes it. Hopefully that wasn't too all over the place. <laughs> no, that definitely works for me. I love, especially in the fall, magical books, like mm-hmm. witchy books. Um, I mean, I love them all the time. I read a lot of witch books, but there's something I think really special about them in the fall. I think mm-hmm. as we sort of get into that, you know, colder, like darker time of the year, Um, I just find witch books to be especially appealing. So I have been super excited about this one since I first saw the blurb um, several months before it came out. Yeah, I agree. I love, you know, this is a time of year to watch practical magic and read witchy things. We're getting close to Dia de Muertos, which, you know, comes right around Halloween and the belief is that your ancestors or the spirits of your ancestors are as close as can be during that time. So similarly, I want to read things that make me feel connected to um, things that are, you know, supernatural, what we think of as supernatural and um, spooky. So yes, yes. So You mentioned practical magic, and I just have to say, I have seen like a slew of books now that people are saying like, this is practical magic meets Gilmore Girls. And (laughs) I have just found that to be like a really, really fun sort of appealing like tagline. Um, Unfortunately, you know, it's not always accurate, but I'm just, I'm very excited to see sort of these like, you know, small town witchy books. Yeah, and I'm just like a huge fan of Gilmore Girls. So anything, Yay. anything I describe, actually, I started a Gilmore Girls inspired manuscript a while ago. Who knows if it will happen? If I'll finish, <laughs> but I love, I love anything that has a wounded a wounded mother theme. And I think with Gilmore Girls, there's the intergenerational mother wound. You know, absolutely. With, and and I think that. Practical magic, it's less obvious. They ha- they lost their mother when they were little and they're being raised by these aunties who kind of, you know, have them raise themselves, you know? So yes, they're not the most like attentive um, carers that you have. Right. So, so yeah, I, I love both those things. I would pick up, I would pick up any book that said it was that mish, that map, but I can't say the word mix, mix, I guess. There is a, there's a series by Angela Pepper called Wisteria Witches, and it has the best Gilmore Girls vibe I've ever, 
I've ever read. Like it is the perfect blend of like the mother and daughter sort of witty banter, but it does have the magic of the witches and it's it's like a paranormal cozy. Oh, um and I'm if, if you've right never now. yes, if you've never read them, you totally should because they're they're quick reads, you know, they're not going to be like super heavy, but they're just so fun. Yeah, that sounds actually perfect. So I'm going to I'm going to either download those or put them on my library queue, whatever is easiest. As soon yes. as I'm, I'm going to get those because that's what I want right now. So, yes, I hope you love them. Thank you. So what was your sort of inspiration for writing a witchy book? Like, was it just because it's something that you enjoy reading in general? Or was there sort of a like special pull to tell this particular story? Um, well, the magic in Witch of Wild Things is kind of vague, which I know isn't for everyone. Like, a lot of people want to read a witch book and they want to have spell books. They want spells with specific ingredients mm-hmm. and and wands and incantations and things like that. And, you know, while this book, this series may, may have some of that in the future, wink, wink, but, (laughs) but in Sage's book, it's more vague because it's inspired by my um, growing up with magic, what the Western world considers magic, which I later discovered our pre-Columbian rituals that my family practices. So, um, you know, I grew up with a mother who, when she doesn't want a storm to come, she'll cut the sky with a knife to cut the storm away. And um, so there's a big theme. And I feel like this is in all my books because I grew up, you know, being immersed in this belief Um, which is that if you experience a trauma that is deep enough, a part of your soul gets scared and runs away. And in our family, we call it espanto, which means you've been afflicted with fear or terror. And a shaman, well, what, you know, anthropologists call shaman, or for us, a curandera will uh, do a ritual to call the soul back to you. And my grandmother knows the rituals, so she does that. She has done that to me. Cause I, I like, you know, I lose my soul a lot. <laughs> and um, so this book was kind of inspired by the, the vague magic I grew up with. And the reason why that magic was vague is, is vague is because of colonialism mm-hmm. and, um, you know, forced assimilation, conversion to Catholicism, which my family also, you know, is super devout, devoted to. And and so I don't know, you know, where do these rituals come from? I, I, I've read, you know, books where I can, I can identify that there are some, there's pre-Columbian origins and influences, but I don't know what gods, you know, these rituals um, refer to or why, you know, why we use certain um, processes, certain ingredients, certain um I don't know, just the way the way they do things, and um, and so I, I wanted to create a world. Going, getting back to it, to all things, I wanted to create a world where the magic was unknown, because because for the same reason, um, 
and that's where where I started with was the the wild magic was establishing this world where I knew that there are three sisters who had powers. Nobody knew where they came from. Nobody knows how they work. They have some ideas, but that's it. And then I knew that one sister was haunting the other. So <laughs> that's kind of where I started with it. Well, and I think that it is important to explore some of these themes brought about by the way colonialism forces people to sort of give up the beliefs that they you know, come to this country possessing. And, you know, people are forced to then become, quote unquote, American. And, you know, that is not an experience that I have personally had. But as I have, you know, tried to grow and, and learn and understand things that I was never taught um, in, you know, in our not so great education system, I have learned that, you know, we do sort of push away so many of the things that people would have brought to this country. And some of that does have to do with, with magic and religion. Right. A lot of it really does have to do with it, I think. And I think even if, so I, I love reading about decolonizing gardening and landscaping. It's kind of one of my hyper fixations. There's a book by farming. There's a book by Leah Penniman called Farming While Black. And in the book, she asks white readers, what did your ancestors give up to become American? And, um, and for like, for instance, there are members of my family who have, um, ancestry from like Eastern Europe, relatively recent immigrants. And now everyone's sort of this homogenized, part of this homogenized American culture. Yes. Whereas where their, their food, their region, their cultural food, their cultural um, like celebrations, um, art and all that is lost, you know, because when you become white in America, there's this there is um, a dropping of that because uh, a lot of our culture here in America is about validating um, conformity. Yes. <laughs> so Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely hear you on that. So when you were writing this, um, you know, not only do we have this sort of unknown magic, but we also have a bit of romance. Have you been kind of a a longtime romance reader? Like, did you intend to add romance into your novel or did that sort of come up as you were writing and you're like, oh, you know, this is an angle that we can also explore here? Oh yeah, I I intended to write a romance. I love- Yay! Yeah, I love romance novels. I've been reading them since, uh, gosh, my, I remember picking the first one up when my son was a baby. He was like nine months old and now he's eight. So I've been reading them regularly for that long and they really transformed my life. When I first read them, um, like with a very, with an intensity, it was after I'd written my first young adult novel, which is a sci-fi with a little bit of romance. And I was like, I want my next book to be a full on romance. 
So that's when I wrote the YA romance, How Moon Fuentes Fell in Love with the Universe. And then um, I was like, now I'm going to try an adult romance. (laughs) Oh, I saw that book in my library. I did not realize that was you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. (laughs) I I feel a little dumb. I was just looking at that the other day and I did not connect it with which of why Well, I mean, the, the book looks really different and that is, I mean, it's, you know, a totally different category. So <laughs> <laughs> but like the name, I was just like, Oh yeah. Like I, I uh, but, sometimes I don't know as much as I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Romance. I just, I love it. I think it's, um, there's something really uh, comforting about reading um, men written by women. Yes. Especially like as I think all women have the experience of men letting you down, feministically speaking. I don't know if that's even a word, but. It can be a word. (laughs) I'll take it. And then you read these books where men are emotionally intelligent and they want to be, um, they, they want sex to be equal. They want sex yes. to be on both sides and, and it, they prioritize the woman's pleasure. They, um, they, they say, you know, I know this isn't every genre. There's dark romance where they don't do some of this stuff, but that's, you know, you know what you're getting into with that. I prefer the ones where they, they grovel. I love a good grovel. I love oh, yes. when they say yes. sorry. It's been really healing for me to read these books. Um, so yeah, I just love them. I All of my books, even before reading romance books, I've always wanted to, wanted to read one, a book that has even a little bit of romance. And that's sort of what would hook me in. Yes. So, there is a book um, by Martha Wells, I want to say. And it's um, this robot book. It's called Murderbot. And it's, and it, <laughs> Murderbot. It's so good. It's a series and it's so, so good. But I'm like, it doesn't have romance. And I'm like, oh, if I weren't writing uh, as work, I would write fanfic <laughs> and make Murderbot fall in love. Because <laughs> I, I, just, I just miss it when, I, when it's not there, you know. <laughs> One of the women um, that presents with me on Book Bistro is a huge Murderbot fan. Um, and she's somebody who reads almost exclusively romance. So I was really surprised when Murderbot um, was a thing that, that she fell in love with. It's so good. It is, um, I can't even explain how good it is. Um, and it, romance doesn't, you know, in the world of Murderbot, romance doesn't really make sense for Murderbot. And so I understand and accept that. But at the same time, I want to read a romantic Murderbot yes i need to look for the fanfics of Murderbot and see if i can find find one to read i think mika um who is the the woman i was just referencing i think she would be very very happy if a romantic <laughs> murder bot um were to exist yeah i would be so happy too so do you remember the book that first made you fall in love with romance like the book that told you that this was the genre that you needed in your life I don't actually remember because my intro to romance was fan fiction. Ah. um, So I don't remember the, like the published book that, 
but but fan fiction was kind of like my gateway to romance and I do not remember which fanfic either I just there's just so much amazing well-written romance stories in fan fiction and I was like I want more of this um and I that's when I started just to discover the romance section at my library now I remember reading a lot of Mariana Zapata her famous book is The Wall of Winnipeg and Me which they just re-released with a really really cute cover um I'm trying to remember who else I read probably Tess Tessa Dare I probably was reading oh historical yeah like the big names probably I was getting into mm-hmm. back then and now I'm like um I still read them but now I'm, I'm trying to read more you know marginalized authors and um and also and stories that now I'm interested, like super interested in stories that are very, I was describing it. I just did the book launch for Witch of Wild Things and I was describing it as romance with teeth. And by that, I don't mean necessarily mean monster, fuckers, right? but, <laughs> but like a uh, romance that has uh, emotional and psychological depth. That's what I'm super into right now. So, And there are so many of those. Like, I think a common misconception that people have when they think of romance is that it's all just, like, light and fluffy and silly. And whereas there are romances that, that fit that description, there are others that definitely do not. Right. Others that are... I, I w- I don't think it's exaggerating to say just tra- life transforming for people. Yes. And I wish it were more accepted for men to read romance because I think, um, and by men, I mean uh, straight, mm-hmm. uh, cishet men, that yes. they, a lot of them, um, well, our culture really doesn't expect men to have emotional intelligence. They expect women to do the emotional labor. Right. And women are tired of it. So, so, so women, I feel like a lot of women get their, um, get kind of a, a most feel emotionally um, validated through romance books. And I know I definitely have, but in real, in their real life and real relationships, men are the ones who tend to need to learn how to romantically validate their partners so maybe that's why I'm a lesbian (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah so this is obviously I'm talking heteronormatively um with I I love reading um queer romances the the most recent one I read was Delilah Green doesn't care yes 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 (laughs) um I just it's really really nice to read to read a romance where both characters are are emotionally intelligent too and um and under and kind of understand their own wounds and what they need to do to earn their happily ever after um so if you love delilah green um astrid parker doesn't fail came out last year oh and iris kelly doesn't date is coming out at the end of October. I believe it's the 24th. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to write these down to you so I don't forget. I, I, <laughs> I w- did not keep up with that, but that was like one of my favorite 
um, one of the, my favorite books that I read, I, did it come out last year? I want to say last year. Um, 20, gosh, either late 2021 or very early 2022. And I can't remember which of like which it was, but I love the two that are out and I am so excited for the third one. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to read the next two because I didn't even realize that they, that it was a series. I don't know why. Well, I think <laughs> when you first read it, like it doesn't seem like it will be. Right. And then like Astrid, who you met in, in Delilah Green doesn't care. Like you don't necessarily like her a ton, you know, when you first right. meet her. And so you're not really thinking like, oh, I bet, you know, this is going to be like a heroine in the next book. And yet to get to know Astrid, like from her own point of view is just so, so stellar. That's awesome. I love, I actually really loved her. I love unlikable female characters. So I'm, that's, I'm, I'm so excited to read that her book is out. Um, yes. And then Iris, um, hers will be coming out at the end of October. Yeah, that's a really exciting. I'm writing it down right now. I also very highly recommend Lana Harper and her Witches of Thistle Grove series. Um, she has a couple of like female female romances. She has a female and like non binary romance. Um, Payback's a Witch is the first one, and oh, there are four. I've seen those. Yes, they are so excellent. Um, okay. The fourth one came out the end of August. And I've, I've read them all and I just, I love them so incredibly much. Okay. I'm going to read those too. That's awesome. See, this, this is what I do. I'm supposed to interview people and then I just, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just no, recommend all no, this. No, this books. is great. I get my TBR grows ever higher. Yes. So it's awesome. Yes, I, I just said on an episode that the bigger the TBR pile, the better <laughs> things are. Yes. That's awesome. So we are starting to wind down here, but I do want to thank you so incredibly much for joining me today and for letting listeners know a little bit about you and this book in particular, but also um, other books that, you know, I've apparently seen in my library and not realized were, were yours. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm just, I had a wonderful time that was really I love just talking with you about books that that's this is kind of the most fun I've had in a while. I'm so um, glad. <laughs> yeah, I'm and so I'm so glad. excited to read these books too that you all these books you recommended. Oh, I read so of, many good books. Yeah. There's and so if you many. do Libby um through your public library, you should be able to get like most of them that way um unless you know the whole lists are crazy long, but um most of those you should be able to find through Libby. Okay, that sounds good. I love Libby. I love my I library. Too. <laughs> Libraries are amazing. I have so many library cards. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it makes me very happy. So can you let listeners know the best place to find you online? Um, probably, I mean, it's between Instagram and threads right now. Um, if you want to see obviously pictures, more pictures than Instagram. If you want to see me like kind of rambling about random things and threads is the best. And 
do you mind sharing um, your handles on social media so yes. that people can find you? That would be helpful, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's Raquel Vasquez Gilland, the whole name, underscore poet, which means that it is really long. And I wasn't thinking about that when I chose it, but... <laughs> But for both threads and Instagram, it's Raquel Vasquez Gilliland underscore poet. And on Instagram, do you describe your Instagram photos? Um, I, I do explain them. Is that what you mean? I mean, for people who can't like see the text, like who can't actually see the photo, for people who, for whatever reason, sometimes different neurodivergent people have difficulty, like translating what an image is supposed to mean. Oh, that that I should do that. As I'm someone, I'm neurodivergent, and <laughs> those I know what you're talking about now. Those explanations have been helpful. Yeah, like image descriptions. Yeah. Um, and you can do them either like in the body of your post, like just you know, you can do like ID colon, and then, you know, this is a picture of such and such. Um, Instagram, I know has an alt text feature. Oh, but I think yeah. it can be kind of difficult to find for people. I, I get the impression that it's not quite as intuitive as perhaps it could be. Okay, I can just put it in the description now. That's, it's just, it's an easy thing to do. I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. So thank you. I often tell people that, you know, photos on social media are kind of the bane of my existence because since I can't see, I get all these, you know, posts and they're, my um, screen reader will tell me like, image may contain four people, trees, sky. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, great. Like, you know, you have no idea really what that picture is, except maybe, you know, four people standing outside, perhaps. Right. But you have no real, like, understanding of, you know, what the picture is and why, why was it important enough um, that someone wanted to post it? So, so to do it, Sarah, I, I, I'm going to make sure I understand. In the body of the post, I put ID, Mm -hmm. and and that's it, in colon, Yep. And then, and then just describe the picture or pictures brief. Description. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. And it doesn't have to be anything that's like, you know, super elaborate. Um, you know, I've posted things that will say like, you know, this is a picture of two of my cats, you know, lounging together on the cat tree. You know, Izzy is the brown tabby and Amira is the Siamese. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that works some people are more sort of verbose and you know they give a lot of the like teeny tiny details um but you don't necessarily have to do that I think as long as people have an understanding of like what it is that you're posting and like why this is something you chose to post um it does make social media a whole lot more accessible and inclusive Okay, thank you for letting me know because I... You're so welcome. Yeah, thank you. So once, a- once again, this has been a discussion with author Raquel Vasquez-Gilland. And we talked about Witch of Wild Things and then, of course, a whole lot of other things too. But Witch of Wild Things is out 
You can get it. I have seen it in my public library. Definitely pick it up as soon as you can. All right. So let's talk about new books. Lots and lots of new books. Not as many as last week, but still a good number. So I'm going to start, as I almost always do, with some books you've heard us talk about before, this time on our most anticipated releases of October episode. And I'm starting with one of Brooke's most anticipated. And this is Stars in Your Eyes by Kason Callender. This is a young adult romance. I am looking forward to the misarrangement of Sana Saeed by Noreen Muis. This is a contemporary romance. Georgina is anticipating The Burnout by Sophie Kinsella, which is a women's fiction <clears throat> slash contemporary romance. Still sticking with contemporaries, Kristen is very excited for Hopeless. This is Chestnut Springs, book five by Elsie Silver. This comes out on the 13th, so Thursday, Friday, Friday. Stacy is looking forward to Better Hate Than Never. This is the latest by Chloe Lease. It is the second book in her Wilmot Sisters series, and that is also a contemporary. And Robin is looking forward to a historical mystery. This is The Bell in the Fog. It's Andy Mills, book two, by Lev A.C. Rosen. So those are some books that you've heard us talk about before. So now let's move on to some things that you haven't heard us talk about. All right, so I'm going to start with some women's fiction and romance themed stuff. And I'm starting with The Head That Wears the Crown. This is by Mariah Stewart. It is a standalone novel about a woman in her 40s who discovers that her grandmother was once an exiled ruler of a small European country. I love books like this with like the fake royalty. Um, they were a big deal kind of back in the more bodice rippery days of romance. Um, but Alyssa Cole has done this really well in more um, in more recent years. But this one is The Head That Wears the Crown by Mariah Stewart. We also have Love at 350. This is by Lisa Pierce. It is a female-female romance centered around baking. Um, and as you know, we are big fans here of like food-related books especially food-related sort of competition books. Um, so this one definitely is on my radar. I put it on hold at my public library several weeks ago when I first saw it on the coming soon list. So I'm very, very excited for this. It is Love at 350 by Lisa Pierce. If you like sports-themed romances, then I'm Your Guy, Hockey Guys, book two by Serena Bowen, might be kind of up your alley. Um, Serena Bowen is an author that I have never read, although I know so many people love her. I think Stacy um, talked about her a while ago on the podcast. And I believe that when Min was with us, um, she also might have mentioned a Serena Bowen book or two. But this one 
is I'm Your Guy, Hockey Guys, Book Two by Serena Bowen. Okay, so those are a few romance books. I want to move on now to some fantasy. Cassandra Clare has a new book out this week. This is Swordcatcher, Swordcatcher book one. And this kind of intrigues me because for such a long time, Claire has written books in her like Shadow Hunters universe. And it looks like this one is something new and different. You know, back, I want to say like 2008, 2009, she wrote City of Bones, which was the first book in the Mortal Instruments, Instrument series. And ever since then, she has been in her Shadow Hunter world. So it interests me that she seems to be taking a step back from that and starting a new series. So this is Sword Catcher, Sword Catcher, book one by Cassandra Clare. We also have Long Past Dues. This is The Unorthodox Chronicles, book two by James J. Butcher. Um, he is the son of Jim Butcher, who writes the Dresden Files. And the first book in this series either came out in early 2023 or late 2022. Um, and I don't know a lot about it, except that it is urban fantasy um, with the kind of snarky, maybe a little bit bumbling um, male main character who's kind of figuring out, you know, how to how to use his magic. Um, I've never read Jim Butcher, and I have the first book in this series on my TBR pile, but I have not read it yet. So this is Long Past Dues, Unorthodox Chronicles, book two by James J. Butcher. And if we're talking about new series, then I am excited to tell you about an Inheritance of Magic. This is An Inheritance of Magic, book one by Benedict Jaca. He is an author who has also been writing this sort of urban fantasy mixed with mystery, um, with like a paranormal detective as the main character. So this um, looks a little bit different from that. But still, when I read the synopsis, I got that urban fantasy feel from it. So I am excited to check this out. It is An Inheritance of Magic, An Inheritance of Magic, book one by Benedict Jaca. All right, so let's talk about a science fiction book for a minute. We have Touched. This is the new Walter Mosley book. I am a terrible person. I will be the first to tell you that. I am a terrible, terrible person. I have never read a Walter Mosley novel. I know that Robin really likes him. I know a ton of other people are big fans of his writing. Um, he's a name that I've seen, you know, for a long time. And I know that he's very popular um, for very good reasons, but I've never read any of his stuff. But I have always been intrigued by like the breadth of his of his writing. You know, he doesn't just write in one genre. So he writes like kind of mystery novels with a little bit of kind of creepy paranormal elements. And now he's writing a science fiction book and that is touched. So if you are a fan of his or if you're not, but you've always wanted to check him out, this might be a good place to start because it is 
you know, not part of an existing series um, and looks like a little bit of a breakout for him. But this is touched by Walter Mosley. And last up, I have two um, mystery slash suspense titles to tell you about. First up is The Socialite's Guide to Death and Dating. This is Pinnacle Hotel Mysteries, book two by S.K. Golden. These are cozy mysteries um, with a female detective and a romantic arc. The first book came out last year. It was one that I almost talked about um, the month it came out as like one of my most anticipated releases. And then I got distracted by something else. Um, but the first book in the series looked really good to me. So it's been on my radar for a while now. So this is A Socialite's Guide to Death and Dating. Pinnacle Hotel Mysteries, book two by S.K. Golden. And then... We have a psychological thriller that I'm ending today with, and this is The Day She Disappeared. This is by Lisa Hall, and this is an author that first came to my notice, like right around the end of 2017, maybe the beginning of 2018. Um, she writes very twisty psychological thrillers. Um, they are usually standalones and centered around a family. So if you've never read her, but you enjoy um, works like by B.A. Paris or um, Lisa Jewell, maybe, Lisa Hall might be a good person for you to check out. And this one is The Day She Disappeared by Lisa Hall. All right. So that is all I have for you today. As I said, not a huge release day, but definitely um, some things to be looking forward to. I hope everyone is enjoying October. Maybe you're reading like witchy fiction or some other kind of magical fiction, or maybe you're reading kind of spooky, creepy, gothic books, whatever it is. I hope it is treating you well and that you are all staying safe and of course, remaining well-read. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.